Welcome to Ignition. I'm Dr. Chris Bergwald, your host, and we want to set your faith ablaze so that you might live the adventure that comes from, from a relationship with Jesus Christ. Before we get into today's topic, we want you to know that we love listener feedback. So if you've got questions about today's episode, and you might, or if you have ideas for future episodes, please contact us. The easiest way to do so is by email, and the address is ignition at sfcatholic.org. Again, ignition at sfcatholic.org. I'm joined in studio today by Father Tyler Matson. Hi, Father. Dr. Chris, good to be with you. Good to have you back on Ignition. You've been on before. Uh, if you've never listened to Ignition before or, or, or heard Father Tyler's um, episodes or know who he, or you don't know who he is, we'll get into that in a moment. But today, we're actually, we're going to be talking all about him. <laughs> and Father's just going to share his story, um, which will include his vocation as a mm-hmm. priest in the Diocese mm-hmm. of Sioux Falls. But more, I think I, I like asking guests this story, this story um, so you can understand how uh, just anybody comes to take their faith more seriously. Mm-hmm. So that's what mm-hmm. we're going to be talking about today on Ignition. If you've never, never listened to the show before, again, my name is Dr. Chris Bergwald. I am the Director of Adult Discipleship and Evangelization with the Diocese of Sioux Falls, which is basically the eastern half of South Dakota. Um, if you're not, if you're wondering, okay, Diocese of Sioux Falls, what is that? Um, been in that role since 2002. I've been in the role of husband to Jermaine since 1999, so almost 21 years. And she and I have five kids. They're all born and raised in, in eastern South Dakota, Sioux Falls specific, specifically. Jermaine's from Ohio. I'm from central Minnesota, but our kids are all Sioux Fallsians, South Dakotans. That's more Minnesotan. They're blessed. They're blessed. They are blessed indeed. So uh, <laughs> funny you should say that, Father. Why, why would you say that? Tell, just briefly introduce sure, yourself sure, before sure. you get your story. Sure, yeah. Uh, Father Tyler Matson. Priest for the Diocese of Sioux Falls, been ordained for three years and has spent those th- last three years at Holy Spirit Parish in Sioux Falls, and then two of those years as chaplain of O'Gorman Junior High. Great. Um, and so three years as a priest, um, All th- you just said all three years at, at Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Yep. yep. Um, but you're going to be moving now. Yes, I'll be moving very soon to Christ the King Parish right. in Sioux Falls, which is actually my home parish. Oh, that's right. So... We'll find out if no wow. profit's acceptable in their hometown right. or not. <laughs> you, yeah. But, but, uh, but while I'm there, I'm very excited. So I'll be at Christ the King, but then also serving as chaplain to the Newman Ministry, so right. to the colleges in Sioux Falls. I'll continue at the junior high and then also going to help some with vocation. So it'll wow. be a lot of a lot of different work with, with young people. But but I'm looking forward to that a lot. Lots of hats you'll be wearing yes. there. Yeah, you're gonna need a bigger head than you have. Now. <laughs> <laughs> I have a pretty big head already, according wow. to some people. But, yeah. Great. So so as I mentioned, sort of in the the introduction to what we're going to talk about today, it's it's something that I hope you know well, which is sure. you. Um, <laughs> and I like to do this. So, Father mm-hmm. listeners, I, I like this topic because um, I think people, especially with a priest, can be mm-hmm. well, you know, a priest, maybe a young man. Why well, can never be a priest, but priests are people too, right? Mm-hmm. And, and, mm-hmm. and so for people to hear sort of the journey of faith 
for you, mm-hmm. I think it can be a way where we can see, even if we're not called to the priesthood, mm-hmm. um, there are still things that we can... Gl- I love com- conversion stories or, or faith journey stories where there's a dramatic conversion or always sort of a deepening, uh, a lifelong deepening of faith. I think there's always something there that we can learn from. And who doesn't love a good story? Right. Anyway, right? So I hope you have a good story because otherwise I'm, <laughs> I'm going to get bored. <laughs> so so, so uh, I'll let you take it away sure. and I'll throw in some questions, but... Yeah. Yeah, however you want to start out, uh, tell us about yourself, Father. Yeah, definitely. Well, you know, one thing that I think is important to to keep in mind for any faith story is oftentimes there's not just one conversion. Right. Usually a lot of people have a conversion moment, but but I think that there's lots of conversions, and, and some are going to be more impactful than others. But, but I think we just go through these stages of, of our faith journey where— the Lord will bring about something new in a really strong way, and I've had and I've had several of those moments in my life, even after becoming a priest, where I've had another conversion. Not that I went from not believing in Jesus to believing right. in Him, ongoing but, conversion, but it's ongoing a deeper conversion, a new a new reality that was revealed to me. So, I grew up in a was LSD involved in the new reality year. <laughs> Oh, oh no, not that kind of new reality. Okay. So I just new reality. I'm thinking, what, what, what? New reality, a new, a new. Uh, well, I won't, I won't get into that. <laughs> okay, good. This is, um, this is a family show. This so we'll... family, that's right, there we go. There we go. No, we're not talking about a drug-induced uh, anything. You'll, we'll find out as we go. So no, sorry before I no. threw you off track, Father. No, that's okay. Well, there used to be the the. Jesus is my drug movement, but I don't think that's probably not popular probably anymore. Probably not no. so much. It's probably not relevant anymore. <laughs> no, not so, anymore. So, like I said, I was born uh, in a Catholic family. I uh, was baptized, you know, a month old. And both my parents were Catholic. My my dad was actually a convert mm. when, when he married my mom and uh, was the youngest of three boys. So grew up being picked on relentlessly. Uh, still, still going to therapy for that. But if my brother's <laughs> listening, you're, you're, uh, thanks for that. No, I'm just, just thanks, kidding. guys. <laughs> uh, but you know, we, 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 I would describe my my faith growing up as a, um, it was it was something that that Sunday was was the center. I can't remember a, a single time growing up where we ever missed a Sunday mass. Mm. Even even when we were traveling on vacation, didn't matter. We always went to mass, and and. I say that not as like bragging rights, but it was something that it was just so normal for me right. that that even when I was older and and was out of high school and into college, just this idea of not going to mass just never even crossed my mind. Not necessarily because I just loved it so much, but just because it was just such a part of my routine even from a young age. Uh, there was some prayer in the family. We'd we'd pray uh, the you know a decade of the rosary, or we'd pray some Hail Marys on the way to school. We would do we would do some faith activities. So daily, daily. Yeah, I would say I would say uh, more often than not, yep, you know, yep. there there be there'd be prayer in the family. Um, but I would say when I got to high school, even though I went to Catholic school, so I knew I knew a lot about the facts of the faith, and I knew. You know, sort of what it meant to be Catholic. I, I wouldn't say that I had ever had a moment when I knew personally that that Jesus loved me. Okay. Uh, and and you know, I say that a little bit hesitantly because it's not like you have to have an experience necessarily to to know that Christ loves you. But but right. but for me, I guess I guess I say it 
in that way because it wasn't until later when I really knew what a relationship with Jesus could be like. And for me, it took it took a new experience. So what that was was <laughs> not not drug induced. Not, not drug induced. I got to stop using. <laughs> right, right. Uh, What's well, funny because I'm because I, I have an energy drink on on the right. table right now, so I just keep I just keep looking at. You got a lot of energy, I, I but wonder, it's... I wonder what's in this that I'm not. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> well, so when I was a a junior in high school, I believe I was uh, dating this young. And you woman. went to a Catholic high school, yep, right? Yep, I okay. went to a Gorman in Sioux Falls, and I was dating this young woman who she was she was definitely kind of in the in the church crowd. Okay, uh, her and her friends were you know, into retreats and they were involved in the youth ministry in the diocese and things that I never really got involved in, but, but they were, and they would always talk about this retreat called search. Mm-hmm. And they always, every couple of times a year, they go to this search retreat and they come back all fired up and they'd be telling me about it. So they, they were, uh, my girlfriend was encouraging me to go on this search retreat. And it just so happened that one of my good friends named John was also dating a girl in this friend group. So we decided to go together. So we went to Aberdeen, South Dakota for a search retreat. Yeah. And it was on probably the second night, I want to say we were having adoration and just a very simple moment in prayer and adoration that evening when I just knew for the first time, I just it just became clear as day that Jesus loved me. That he that he had a personal love for Tyler, and it was it was something so simple, gentle. It wasn't flashy, but just a very simple moment in prayer when I knew for sure <clears throat> Jesus loves me, and I would really consider that like one of the, those first like conversion moments uh was was on that search retreat so i, I want to unpack that a little bit but if you're, mm-hmm. if you're just tuning in you're listening to ignition um i'm dr chris bergwald your host visiting today with father tyler Matson, and just about his his story what, what what's what's your story father it's about his his journey of faith um and you just you're talking about how you were raised in a catholic family your dad was a convert but mm-hmm. by the time you came along when they got married he was mm-hmm. already okay um so your junior year in high school you're at a um a youth retreat a search retreat um and during adoration you just mm-hmm. have this awareness of of christ's personal love for mm-hmm. for you mm-hmm. So the way you, you, you were, I don't know if you said simple, you used some word where it was, it's clear that you didn't have vision. There weren't, you didn't hear angels mm-hmm. singing. Um, it wasn't something spectacular or, extra, or extraordinary mm-hmm. in, in the sense of like, you didn't see or hear things per se. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So just, just an awareness, like in, in your mind, in your heart, can you talk a little bit yeah, more? Somebody's sure. wondering, okay, what, what does that look like? What does that look like? Yeah. Yeah. Good question. Yeah. You know, for me, and I think, I think the Lord works in similar ways, especially for people that maybe are are beginning their faith journey, kind of new their faith journey. But it was it was an experience of of strong consolation. Mm. Uh, so this so this really is an experience of 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 the love of God, of of my love for Him. This experience that I was seen. This experience that I that I belonged to somebody that that I could have connection. That I wasn't alone that 
Um, so it's kind of, it's, it's like a felt experience of all of those things, you know, and, sure. and even in my body, you know, there's the things that can often go along with constellation, which is just like a warmth, yep. um, a, a, a deep peace in the heart. So, I mean, all those things kind of, kind of came together. And it wasn't, you weren't expecting it, right? I mean, you, no, no, you're, no, again, no. now you're, a, you're, um, lifelong Catholic, mm-hmm. mass going Catholic, mm-hmm. um, not real deep into your faith, mm-hmm. but you guys went, you, your family went to mass every Sunday. You spoke about that. Um, so it's not like you were expecting to have this as you were used consolation, this experience, this really deeply um, felt awareness of God's personal love for you. It just happened as a gift. It, totally. Totally. Like I said, it was, it was just in a, in a holy hour in, in front of the blessed sacrament. And it was just <clears throat> one moment. It was, my old life, and then the next moment it was a new life. It was just that simple. And the beauty of that, I think, is because, um, so you mentioned at the, very early on, you mentioned how you were baptized a month after. So you had been, as like me, I think I was baptized two weeks after I was born, mm-hmm. um, my, many years before you. Um, <laughs> but we we were in a relationship with God. From the, You and I were mm-hmm. both from, mm-hmm. f- as infants, um, beloved sons of, of our heavenly father. Right. And yet later in life, sooner for you than for me, mm-hmm. um, we became aware of the, of, of that love for us mm-hmm. personally, which is just to me, like it's sometimes I think what, the way we can talk, it's like, Oh, you know, God, we, we talk as if all of a sudden God loved me. No, it's all of a sudden we became aware right. as you described right. a, a felt awareness of this reality that to be honest, was always there, even right. though you hadn't experienced it in that way before. Right, totally, totally. Uh, Thomas Thomas Merton speaks about meditation being this process where we become, we simply become conscious of things that are already going on. Right, you know, and Beautiful. that's exactly what yeah. you're talking about. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, so yeah. just is this is this a new consciousness of something that was already present in my soul, but that I just didn't really realize or right. appreciate. Right. Right. To be honest, Father, it's like we're recording this a few weeks before you're listening to it. So it's actually um, May 15th as you're listening. And today in the Diocese of Falls is the first opportunity for most people to attend Mass. Not every one of our parishes I know is doing that. Um, but I, I went to Mass this morning at the monastery right mm-hmm. here by the cathedral. Um, and just to be able, th- that's a gift that I took for granted. Mm-hmm. Even as, a, as an adult, as, as somebody who who, who teaches the faith doing what I do, I realized in this pandemic that I'd taken um, going to mass for granted. Right. And so I have a, a, a new, a deeper appreciation. Sure. So, okay. Anyway. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah. So, so junior year, you have this yep. experience. There's yep. life before there's life after. Yeah. So, you know, I, I, I go back to, to do the school thing and, and I'm, and I'm fired up and I'm uh, experiencing the Lord's love and, my friend John and I actually went another search retreat uh, soon after that, with next one that we could, uh, just just to get more of that of that experience and to grow deeper. Around the same time, a lot of my friends were talking about what they wanted to do after high school. Sure, and you know it's things like I want to be a doctor, I want to be a lawyer, and you know some of these people are doctors and lawyers now, so it's kind of beautiful. But but I remember thinking to myself when I was like, okay, what do I want to do after high school? And I was like, oh no, I have no idea. I have no idea. Like, there's nothing, there's no one subject that I'm really good at, or there's no one subject that I'm really passionate about. Sure. I, I always kind of joked that I was like, I was just very okay at a lot of things. Like, I was, I was, I was in band, but I was, I was like, 
very okay at band. You know, I was I, I was good at whatever English, but I was very okay at English. Like, so I just didn't know. And kind of in that sort of experience of like uncertainty, I just heard on my heart in a very clear way, be a priest. Hmm. And that was the first time I had ever thought about it. And as far as I know, nobody had ever told me before that moment, you'd be a good priest, which some young men here, but I don't think I was ever <laughs> nobody, told that. I'm not going to make a judgment we, on why no, that was. But, we won't draw any conclusions from but, that. But, but I didn't. And it was really just that first moment of just very quiet, be a priest. So I, I went on a seminary visit, which you could do in high school, and, and just spent a weekend visiting a college seminary and, and really loved it was really impressed by the men and how normal they were and how much fun it seemed like they were having and came back to O'Gorman and, you know, life happened just as a high schooler, you just kind of things go come and go and uh, really didn't think about it again till my senior year. By then I had already applied and was accepted to the university of South Dakota Mm. and this is towards some people are cheering and some are booing. Yeah. Right now, so you know, but anyway. <laughs> yeah. Go yell. There's, so, a, there's a, it, for those of you non South Dakotans, um, there are several state schools, but for whatever reason, South Dakota state university, mm-hmm. SDSU and the university of South Dakota, USD. Mm-hmm. That's like, that's definitely to me, at least as a transplant, mm-hmm. the, 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 mm-hmm. the strongest rivalry among oh, the definitely. state schools, right? Definitely. Okay. Yeah, for okay. sure. For sure. And, and the Lord and his, and his ironic humor, somehow surrounded me with friends who, who went to SDSU. So I think, I don't know, I don't get it. But but anyways, so so senior year was was accepted to USD and was uh, was praying actually in, in the chapel to Gorman one day, just kind of after school. You know, I said, ever since that search retreat, I kind of had started to have some sense of, of praying every week in silence mm-hmm. and, and uh, heard for a second time, be a priest. And I was like, ah. Oh. Not really good timing, Lord, because, <laughs> you know, I just made my deposit at USD uh, and, you know, there's that girlfriend I was talking about. Well, we had broken up for a while, but but now we were back together. We were back together and better than ever. Mm. And I was like, this is not great timing. So actually, I, I spoke to my parents for the first time about me even thinking about going to seminary. And they just encouraged me. They said, well, how about you just like try USD first and, and, and just see just see what happens, you know? Which, which actually, like in, in hindsight, was was really providential advice. Um, so I ended up going to USD for my freshman year. But before that, during that summer, uh, my girlfriend broke up with me. So uh, broke my heart. She she threw me out like old casserole. I'm just kidding. <laughs> she's, she's great. She's great. Hot dish. You mean hot dish. Come oh, on, oh yeah. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Depending where you're listening, you might not know what casserole is, but I guess I should have. Uh, but but uh, it's gonna be ecumenical here, Father. <laughs> if you're just tuning in, this is ignition. We're going off the rails. Uh, talking with Father Tyler Matson about his faith journey and the difference between casserole and hot dish. Go ahead, Father. You, only you here, got dumped only by your girlfriend like some bad casserole Cas- hot or dish. hot dish. Yeah, yeah. and uh, went into to USD really heartbroken, but also really angry. Uh, and and probably wouldn't have been able to name the anger so much, mm. but kind of looking back, I recognize how angry I was, and and kind of angry at God, just uh, just the circumstances of of everything. And uh, but you know, it turned out to be such a blessing because the way that I think about it is, I really went into that first year of college with just like a wound on my heart, and the Lord just sort of had that in His targets, mm. and He just like threw His love 
at me, you know, right at that place where I was most hurting and most broken. And it just, it worked out very well that Father Scott Trainer, who's the priest of our diocese, was, yep. was the chaplain of the, of, the, of the Newman Center. And I started doing spiritual direction with him, which is the first time I'd ever done that. And he was really teaching me how to pray. Uh, the Fellowship of Catholic University students uh, was, the, was their first year on campus when I was a freshman. So I was able to meet missionaries who, who reach out to, to college students and was in a Bible study. Uh, so just really, the Lord just kind of blessed me with a lot of opportunities to grow in my faith mm. that first year. And I, my roommate was my friend John that I was talking about that I went to that search retreat with. Right. So we decided to be roommates, knowing that sometimes when best friends are roommates, it ends poorly, but thankfully it worked out very well for us. But we, we just made the decision, okay, first week. Let's go visit the Newman Center, the Catholic Church on campus, and just meet the priest because we want to make that a priority. So we did, and and it was such a blessing to have a roommate who was also on, you know, his own faith journey and, and took his Catholic faith seriously, right? Because that was so helpful, and you know, in, especially at a at a college environment yep. like like USD. Well, especially like USD. Well, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> kidding, kidding. Oh, I'm not gonna say you're wrong. Although I do always say that was probably my funnest year of my life, but I won't. <laughs> I'll, just, I'll leave it there. There you go. Uh, so, uh, but even while I was at USD, that experience of uncertainty, like I don't know what I want to do, continued. I was undecided major, was taking classes like rock and roll appreciation and film history, and was just kind of like, not sloughing off, but just like kind of aimless. And again, for a third time, when I was in prayer in front of the Blessed Sacrament, I heard for a third time very clearly, be a priest. Mm. And kind of at that point, I knew that I couldn't just keep ignoring that voice. Uh, and especially because, like, even though I was so, I was actually, like, I was really happy at USD. I had made really good friends. Um, I had gotten involved in a fraternity. I was involved in the Newman Center. I was just, I was very content there. But I knew that I wouldn't be at peace unless I at least pursued God's will. Uh, if God wanted me to at least go to seminary, then I wouldn't be at peace staying at USD. So did the application process and everything, finished up the year. And then the next year I I transferred to the University of St. Thomas uh, and started seminary at the college level. So, you know, that's sort of like the vocation story, you know, of just getting to seminary. But like I said, there are like many conversion moments. And and certainly that happened uh, for me too. So uh, I'll just kind of share briefly a couple of those moments and kind of as the journey continued. As as my time at, at seminary continued, it was so beautiful, but also uh, very difficult in a lot of ways because it's a really intense environment where you're sure. doing spiritual direction and you're doing formation and you're doing conferences and, and you're just like really looking at your soul and your life in ways that you never had before. And it's, just, it's, it's very intense, that seminary environment. And in the midst of that, you're trying to discern, like, is, does God want me to be a priest? And of course, for for us in the Roman Catholic Church, to, to be a priest means that you're making this promise of, of, of celibacy, of lifelong mm-hmm. celibacy. And and it was it was my senior year of college, and I was studying uh, studying abroad in Rome. I had the privilege of spending a semester studying in Rome with other college students, and 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 lived in a house of seminarians and some laymen and some lay women we all kind of lived under the same roof and these these were like these were like 
amazing Catholic women. I mean, they were holy, they were smart, they were they were beautiful. And I was like, man, I could like marry any, any one of these, you know? So it was kind of just sort of wrestling with that question. Sure. Like, is, could I really say yes and freedom to celibacy? And in prayer, this is kind of a consistent theme in my life, but the Lord tends to speak to me when I'm when I'm with him in the Eucharist, but mm. was in prayer in, in the little chapel there in the house. And I just heard, you know, again, heard the Lord's voice just in a very like, when, I'm, when I keep saying that, I'm not talking about like something I can hear with my ears, but just yep. something that I just can kind of hear in my heart is uh, the Lord said to me, I want you all for myself. Mm. I want you all for myself. And in that moment, it didn't like take the struggle of saying yes to celibacy away, but it did, it did change the question, you know, for me of like, is this what God wants me to do? Because suddenly when I heard that, I want you all for myself, I, I really knew that this was in the context of a relationship mm. that saying no to marriage was actually saying yes to another relationship and a relationship with Christ that, uh, that, that could fill my heart in a way that it was made for, mm -hmm. you know? And, and I'll just say too, you know, as I've now three years of priest and, still early on in that journey of, of what it means to be a priest. But I can say with certainty that when I'm able to sort of rest in the knowledge that as a priest, I'm, I'm in a new kind of relationship with God, then the, the ways that, that he fills my heart and the ways that he, that he satisfies my desires and my longings are, are just beyond comprehension. And Beautiful. Yeah, yeah, and you know, I say like it's not always, it's not always easy, you know, uh, to be a priest, like any vocation, you know. But but there is that grace of the sacrament, of, of of this is what God wants me to do. And I'll just kind of say, just to sort of wrap up a little bit, you know, when I when I joined seminary, it felt pretty clear the call. Right. So I told the Lord, okay, if you want me to leave, the call is going to have to be as clear or clearer, you know. And it never happened. Uh, and and in fact, you know, every semester that ticked by over my seven years of seminary, it just became more clear. This is what God wants me to do. And and how did I know? Because I became more joyful. I became more free. I became more myself. And it hit a point towards the end before my diaconate ordination. And I just sort of like had this realization. Oh my gosh, these people are going to ordain me. Like, like, <laughs> like if I don't stop this, <laughs> if I don't say something, they're just going to ordain me. But that was actually like the beauty of it. It was like the church, the church looked at me and said, yeah, like we think, we think Tyler's called to be a priest. Right. And I had no reason to say no. And it was just sort of the yes of the church and my yes. And, uh, and, and, and praise be to God, you know, here I am today. Yeah. Here you are today. So three, when's your anniversary? June 2nd. June 2nd. So um, as we're recording this, just a couple more weeks mm -hmm. to your third anniversary mm -hmm. as a priest. Beautiful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Beautiful. I, I love, like you said, ongoing. So you're, you have conversion moments, but in the midst of general fidelity to right. our Lord, to the faith, um, awakenings, mm -hmm. deepenings, mm -hmm. but your yours is a story of somebody who's always been there. Yeah. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. 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 More or less. And I think, but I think the, the lesson for me is, is, you know, like God's faithfulness that, mm. that, that, that he keeps, he keeps showing up, you know? And, and when you think, well, okay, I think, I think the Lord's given me everything that he can give me. No, 
No, like right. he has. He always has so much more to give. I think that's I, I, that's that's gonna be a beautiful way to wrap up, Father. God's fidelity to us, even even if we even if we have been faithful or not, mm-hmm. I hadn't been to Him uh, in the way that you had, but He is always faithful to us, mm-hmm. always pursuing us, always calling us to Himself. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Father, for being here today. Yeah, th- thanks for having me. You bet. And that will wrap up this episode of Ignition. Again, you can email us, ignition at sfcatholic.org, with any thoughts, questions, or ideas for, f- for future episodes. And until next time, dear listeners, may Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.